0: The reading is from Ezekiel chapter 18. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you people mean by quoting this proverb about the land of Israel? The parents eat sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, you will no longer quote this proverb in Israel. For everyone belongs to me, the parent as well as the child. Both alike belong to me. The one who sins is the one who will die. Suppose there is a righteous man who does what is just and right. He does not eat at the mountain shrines or look to the idols of Israel. He does not defile his neighbour's wife or have sexual relations with a woman during her period. He does not oppress anyone but returns what he took in pledge for a loan. He does not commit robbery, but gives his food to the hungry and provides clothing for the naked. He does not lend to them at interest or take a profit from them. He withholds his hand from doing wrong and judges fairly between two parties. He follows my decrees and faithfully keeps my laws. That man is righteous. He will surely live, declares the Sovereign Lord. Suppose he has a violent son who sheds blood, or does any of these other things, though the father has done none of them. He eats at the mountain shrines, he defiles his neighbour's wife, he oppresses the poor and needy, he commits robbery, he does not return what he took in pledge, he looks to the idols, he does detestable things, he lends at interest and takes a profit. Will such a man live? he will not. Because he has done all these detestable things, he is to be put to death. His blood will be on his own head. But suppose this man has a son who sees all the things his father commits. And though he sees them, he does not do such things. He does not eat at the mountain shrines or look to the idols of Israel. He does not defile his neighbour's wife. He does not oppress anyone or require a pledge for a loan. He does not commit robbery, but gives his food to the hungry and provides clothing for the naked. He withholds his hand from mistreating the poor and takes no interest or profit from them. He keeps my laws and follows my decrees. He will not die for his father's sin. He will surely live, but his father will die for his own sin because he practised extortion, robbed his brother, and did what was wrong among his people. Yet you ask, why does the son not share the guilt of his father? Since the son has done what is just and right, and has been careful to keep all my decrees, he will surely live. The one who sins is the one who will die. The child will not share the guilt of the parent, nor will the parent share the guilt of the child. The righteousness of the righteous will be credited to them, and the wickedness of the wicked will be charged against them. But if a wicked person turns away from all the sins they have committed, and keeps all my decrees, and does what is just and right, that person will surely live. They will not die. None of the offences they have committed will be remembered against them. Because of the righteous things they have done, they will live. Do I take any pleasure in the death of the wicked, declares the Sovereign Lord? Rather, am I not pleased when they turn from their ways and live? But if a righteous person turns from their righteousness and commits sin and does the same detestable things the wicked person does, will they live? None of the righteous things that person has done will be remembered. Because of the unfaithfulness they are guilty of and because of the sins they have committed, They will die. Yet you say, the way of the Lord is not just. Hear you, Israelites, is my way unjust? Is it not your ways that are unjust? If a righteous person turns from their righteousness and commits sin, they will die for it. Because of the sin they have committed, they will die. But if a wicked person turns away from the wickedness they have committed and does what is just and right... They will save their life. Because they consider all the offences they have committed and turn away from them, that person will surely live. They will not die. Yet the Israelites say the way of the Lord is not just. Are my ways unjust, people of Israel? Is it not your ways that are unjust? Therefore, you Israelites, I will judge each of you according to your own ways, declares the sovereign Lord. Repent, turn away from all your offences, then sin will not be your downfall. Rid yourselves of all the offences you've committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, people of Israel? For I take no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the sovereign Lord. Repent and live.
1: Good evening, everyone. It's great to be with you again. Is change possible? That's a very significant question. As we go on in the Christian life, we see ourselves battling the same old sins and we wonder, will I ever change? Surely God will get fed up of me and give up on me The message of Ezekiel 18 is that change is possible. Change is not immediate. It doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes it takes years to take effect. But when we repent, when we truly say sorry to God for our sins, and when we turn away from our sin, gradually God changes us. This is called Sanctification Sanctification is where God makes us holy, makes us sainted. It doesn't happen all in one go. It doesn't happen overnight. But it happens. So if we struggle with swearing or lust or dishonesty or any other sin, God might be gracious to us. And we're set free overnight. My friend Mike Meller was set free from alcoholism overnight when he became a Christian. But many of us have found the change is not immediate, it's gradual. But it happens. I've got three things to say from Ezekiel 18 sin is personal, death is preventable change is possible. Firstly then, sin is personal. Ezekiel begins by quoting a well-known Israelite proverb. The parents eat sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. In other words, what the parents do affects the children. This is obviously very true, We're all the products of our upbringing. Our parents shape us very significantly. But God says here in verse 3, you will no longer quote this proverb in Israel. It is not that God is going to punish the children for the sins of the parents. Rather, sin is personal. The one who sins is the one who will pay. Children will not pay for their parents' sin. Verse 4, the one who sins is the one who will die. Then, through Ezekiel, God tells the story of a father, a son, and a grandson. There is a righteous man in verse 5. He does what is just and right. This is the kind of man we can look up to. Let's call him Mr. Well-Behaved. He does what is just and right. He doesn't take part in false religion. He doesn't take part in idolatry. He doesn't eat at the mountain shrines. He's faithful to his wife. He doesn't oppress people. He's not a robber. He's kind to the poor. He feeds the hungry and clothes the naked. He lends money without exploiting the poor. He's a fair judge. God says, verse 9, He follows my decrees and faithfully keeps my laws. That man is righteous. He will surely live. However, Mr. Well Behaved has a son, and we might call him Mr. Badly Behaved. Verse 10, He's violent. He worships false gods. He's sexually immoral. He oppresses the poor and needy. He is a robber. He exploits the poor by money lending. Verse 13b Will such a man live? He will not. Because he has done all these detestable things, he is to be put to death. His blood will be on his own head. So Mr. Well-Behaved as a son called Mr. Badly Behaved. And then Mr. Badly Behaved as a son called Mr. Well Behaved the Second. We took a similar approach to the naming of our children. We named them after their grandparents. Becca's parents are called Rob and Mim. And we called our children Rob and Mim. They also have middle names taken from my parents. So Robbie is Robert Kenneth, after my father, and Mimi is Miriam Helen, after my mother. In case you're wondering what happened to Lizzie, she's named after Queen Elizabeth II because Lizzie was born in the Queen's Golden Jubilee. But that's beside the point. Tonight we're thinking about Mr. Well Behaved, Mr. Badly Behaved and Mr. Well Behaved II. Verse 14. The grandson, Mr. Well-behaved II, sees all the sins his father commits, and he decides he's going to be different. He's going to be well-behaved like his grandfather. He's not an idolater. He's sexually well-behaved. He doesn't oppress the poor. He's not a robber. He feeds the hungry. He provides clothes for the naked. God says in verse 17c, He keeps my laws and follows my decrees. So sin is personal. God is not going to punish Mr. Well-Behaved II for the sin of Mr. Badly-Behaved. Sin is personal. God won't punish you for my sins. He won't punish me for your sins. Sin is personal. Secondly, death is preventable. Talking about Mr. Wellbehaved Behaved II, God says in verse 17d, He will not die for his father's sin, he will surely live. But his father will die for his own sin, because he practised extortion, robbed, robbed his brother, and did what was wrong among his people. So if we follow God, we avoid death and we live. For us as New Testament believers, we understand this is talking about eternal death. If we sin, we die eternally in hell. If we are righteous, we live eternally in heaven. Yet you ask, Why does the son not share the guilt of his father? God's answer in verse 20 is, The one who sins is the one who will die. If we sin, we die. The New Testament says, The wages of sin is death. Romans 6.23 If we sin, we die. Verse 20b The child will not share the guilt of the parent, nor will the parent share the guilt of the child. Death is preventable. If we live a perfect life, we will not die forever in hell. The problem is, none of us can live a perfect life. Sin is personal. Death is preventable. Thirdly, change is possible. The great problem about all this is we can't help sinning. We can't help disobeying God. We might do our best to be Mr or Mrs Well-behaved, but with alarming regularity we sin. The wages of sin is death. We're going to die in hell forever and ever. It's not good news, but change is possible. The Bible teaches a concept called repentance. Repentance literally means to rethink the direction of my life. I was going one way against God then I realised I was a sinner heading for hell and I turned around and I went God's way. So, verse 21, if a wicked person turns away from all the sins they've committed and keeps all my decrees and does what is just and right, that person will surely live. God offers to forgive and forget the things we've done wrong. Verse 22, none of the offences they've committed will be remembered against them. The key to change, the key to repentance, is to understand about Jesus. Ezekiel lived about 600 years before Jesus. He preaches repentance. He preached change. But we understand these things even more. Because of Jesus, change is possible. Because Jesus loved us so much, he left the glory of heaven, he was born in poverty, he lived a perfect life, he died on the cross in our place, taking the punishment for our sins. Our sin was loaded onto Jesus on the cross, and Jesus paid there, the full price for our sin. Jesus died our death. Jesus took our hell. Jesus took God's righteous anger for our sin. And a great exchange takes place. Jesus takes our sin on himself, on the cross, and he gives to us his righteousness. His perfection. Sin is personal, but Jesus takes responsibility for my personal sin. Death is preventable, but only if I'm given the righteousness of Jesus as a gift. Only the righteous will live, and I can only be righteous if Jesus gives me his righteousness. I can be respectable. I can stay within the law of the land. I can look impressive to other people. But I can't fool God. God can see my mind and my heart. God sees all my wrong thoughts that you never see. God sees the wrong attitudes in my heart, that I can hide from other people. God says, I deserve death in hell forever and ever. But Jesus has taken that punishment. And I can now be given Jesus' righteousness. And so I can live in heaven forever and ever. Sin is personal, death is preventable, change is possible. Ezekiel acknowledges the possibility of change in verse 21 and following. The wicked person here turns away from his sin and lives a righteous life. That person will live. Jesus makes this possible. Verse 22. None of the offences they have committed will be remembered against them. All our sin is nailed to the cross of Jesus. God sees that justice has been satisfied. His anger has been satisfied. And God forgives and forgets our sin. The way to change in verse 22 is to become righteous. This is only possible through Jesus. So do you know him? Do you know that Jesus has taken responsibility for your sin? God desperately wants us to find the righteousness, the forgiveness he offers in Jesus. Verse 23. Do I take any pleasure in the death of the wicked? Am I not pleased when they turn from their ways and live? God wants everyone to find the righteousness and forgiveness he offers in Jesus. Don't be like the fool in verse 24. The fool turns from righteousness and commits sin. The fool is every single one of us. We all do it. We all say things we shouldn't say. Think things we shouldn't think. Do things we shouldn't do. Fail to do things we really should do. God's verdict at the end of verse 24 is they will die. But change is possible Verse 27, if a wicked person turns away from all the wickedness they've committed and does what is just and right, they will save their life. Verse 30b, repent, turn away from all your offences, then sin will not be your downfall. Rid yourselves of all the offences you have committed and get a new heart and a new spirit what an offer simply repent turn away from all your offenses get a new heart and a new spirit by nature our hearts are hardened towards God we're disobedient, rebellious impervious to God's word God promises a new heart, a soft heart, a teachable heart, a heart that loves God. And a new spirit, a spirit that is alive. The New Testament calls this being born again or born of the spirit, made regenerate. Jesus talks about this in John chapter 3. He meets a religious leader called Nicodemus. Nicodemus has all the religious qualifications. But still, Jesus says to him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases, you hear its sound, But you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. By nature, we are unregenerate. We are disobedient to God. God is offering totally to transform us. He's offering to make us born again. Born of the Spirit. Why would we say no to this offer? What's keeping you in sin? Why are you proud and arrogant in the face of God's loving offer? Verse 31c. Why will you die, people of Israel? You can hear the desperation in Ezekiel's voice. As he speaks for God, why will you die, people of Israel? Verse 32 For I take no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the sovereign Lord. Repent and live. Repent and live. Here is God's word to us this evening Repent and live. Sin is personal. Death is preventable. Change is possible. It is possible. If we will only come to God this evening, acknowledging that my sin is personal. I am responsible for my sin. I can't blame anyone else. I can't blame my parents. I can't blame my friends. My sin is my responsibility. I deserve to die in hell forever, in my sin. I deserve to die, but death is preventable. God is offering to save me from death this evening. And change is possible. I can repent. I can turn away from my sin this evening. Maybe you're watching this service and you know you're not a Christian yet. You know that if you died tonight you would go straight to hell and suffer there forever. If that's you God says to you, why will you die? For I take no pleasure in the death of anyone. Why won't you come to Christ tonight? Just as you are. Come acknowledging your sin. Come repenting of your own sin. And trusting in Christ. Trusting that what Jesus did on the cross, he did for you. If you've never come to Christ like this, come tonight. Or maybe you are a Christian but you've been far from God. You've been disobedient to him. You've given up on prayer, perhaps. You've given up on reading God's word. We haven't seen you in church lately. Hear the warning of God's word, verse 26. If a righteous person turns from their righteousness and commits sin, they will die for it because of the sin they have committed, they will die. God warns you that the only way to be certain of your salvation, the only way to be certain of your forgiveness and acceptance in heaven, the only way is to stay one of God's people, to stay trusting in Christ, If we wander away from Christ, we can have no assurance that we're safe from hell for heaven. If you've been straying away from Christ, come back to him tonight. Put your trust in him afresh. Love him. Serve him. Rededicate your whole life to him. And if you are a Christian, if you're walking with the Lord, are you full of gratitude to Jesus tonight? Are you so thankful that Jesus died for you? Do you want to love him and serve him with all that you are and all that you have? Do you long to pass on this great good news to everyone you possibly can, that sin is personal but death is preventable and change is possible. What a glorious cause! Isn't this worth living for? Isn't this worth the whole of our energy and strength? We started by asking, is change possible? It is possible. God is offering to change us. God is offering us a new heart and a new spirit. God will work on us if we belong to him. He will sanctify us. He will make us like Jesus so that one day when we stand before Jesus the work of sanctification will be complete. We shall see him and we shall be like him. 1 John 3 verse 2 Live for that day. Live for this reality. Don't be distracted. Don't be led astray. Keep living for Christ. Let's pray together. Father, we confess that sin is personal. Lord, we take personal responsibility for our own sin. We can't blame our parents. We can't blame anyone else. It's our fault, Lord. We are disobedient. We rebel against you. Again and again. And we recognise that we deserve eternal death in hell. But we thank you tonight that death is preventable. Thank you that we can be saved from eternal death in hell for eternal life in heaven. Thank you that death is preventable and change is possible. Thank you that we can repent of our sins And gradually you make us more like Jesus until that final day when we stand before him and we see him and we are like him. Lord, we give our lives to you. We dedicate ourselves to you. And we pray that you would indeed change us, change our hearts, give us a new heart and a new spirit, a new heart which loves you and a spirit which can serve you. So, Lord, we commit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name. Amen.